Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. confession this morning we bless you lord our soul glorifies you for the opportunity yet again to celebrate another mother's day it has been by your grace father we thank you we worship you lord for all mothers in the house for all children in the house for all fathers in the house father without father there will be no mother without children lord spiritual and biological there will be no mothers so father for everyone represented this morning we say thank you for the privilege lord to call you Habba father we say thank you lord lord as we go to your word today the bible says the entrance of your word giveth life father today lord let your word illuminate our hearts in the name of jesus the person that will be speaking your people that will be listening lord Hide us behind the cross in the name of Jesus. Let the words of our mouth, O oh Lord, the meditation of our heart, God, be acceptable in your sight in the name of Jesus. At the end of today, Lord, let our lives remain not the same in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Be seated, everyone. Uh, I just want to say welcome everyone to the service today. We bless God because of his grace, because of the opportunity given to us to be in his presence. We thank God because of all of you and our mother's special thanks to you for being the mothers that God had made you to be. And I'm not just talking about physical mother now, not biological mothers alone, spiritual mothers the role models, those of you that are served in one I mean, aspect or the other of other people, bringing them up. Thank you, I will say that this morning. And I want to say congratulations to all of you. May the Lord be with us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Today, by the grace of God, we are going to be looking at a topic which is part of the theme that we have been looking at since the beginning of this year. The theme that we are looking at is breakthrough. That's the theme that we've been running with. And on this theme, we've had so many sermons. The Bible studies had been on that. Even today, we talk about entrepreneurship is part of breaking through. We have looked at, in our, during our weekdays, Bible studies, we've been looking at tools that will help us to break through this year. So today, I'm going to look at another aspect of breakthrough. And today's sermon is tied to breakthrough, a call for family rebuilding. If you are going to be writing, please write it down. Breakthrough, colon, a call for family rebuilding. That is the title of the message today. And I will be reading from the book of First Summer as our text. 
the book of First Samuel, chapter 2. I'll first of all read verses 12 to 17. First Samuel 2. I'm going to read 12 to 17. Then I will jump to 22 to 25. Then I will jump to 27 to 29. Then finally, 30 to 35. So first Samuel 2, 12 to 17. Okay, thank you, uh, the media department. Verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were scourders who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork. While the meat of the sacrifice animals was still boiling, the servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand, please, that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way, verse 15. Sometimes the servant will come even before the animal's fat had been born on the altar. It would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. 16, the man offering the sacrifice might reply, take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, no, give it to me now or I will take it by force, 17. So the sin of this young man was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offering with content. Verse 22 to 25, please. Verses 22 to 25. 22 to 25. Now, Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear about the lost people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party, but if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Um, 28. Okay, I chose your ancestor. That's God talking to Aaron now. I, I mean, talking to Eli. I chose your ancestor, Aaron, from among all the tribe of Israel to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the priestly vest. As he served me, and I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you, priests. So why do you score my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people, Israel, verse 30. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, 
I promise that your branch of the tribe of Eli, will, I mean of Levi, will always be my priest. But I will honor those who honor me. And I will despise those who think lightly of me. Hallelujah. And from 31 to 35, it talks about what God did to the house of Eli. Now, as I said, the topic today is breakthrough, a call for rebuilding. We are going to look at that topic under four headings. And the first one is, we will look at it and we're going to be talking about types of families. That's the topic under the heading, types of families. So I have four types of families I'm going to discuss today. And I just want you to think, and I will think to myself, which kind of family do I have among these four? And I want you to know, if you have been doing everything right, and it's like things are not working for you, please, you have the opportunity to speak to the leadership. They will cancel you. We have counselors among us. We have parents who had gone beyond, maybe before you, who will tell you this is how to do it. So the first um, type of family that we are going to talk about, by the way, before we talk about that, I know, or I assume everybody will understand what I mean by family. But today I'm using family in a broad way. So when I talk about family now, I'm talking about extended family inclusive, the nuclear family inclusive, biological, spiritual family. That's what my definition of family means today. Anyone associated with a child to bring that child up. Anyone with the responsibility of bringing the child up. Today, I'm looking at them as my own definition of a family. Also, we've talked about what breakthrough means. We say breakthrough means developments. It means advance. It means to progress. It means to improve. And breakthrough it means to achieve. All these are from English dictionary, if you want to check that. So that is the word breakthrough. So the word family, as I said, when the word family started, it was a Latin word. And it means a man in, in the original sense of family, a man, a woman, and the children surrounded with love and care. That was the original definition of family. But in today's world, we all know that that definition had changed in the 21st century. If you look at modern day dictionary, we don't have man and woman anymore, even though that was the original definition. Now we have any adults that is biologically related to a child or any adults or two adults that are bringing up children in the immediate locality or community. It could be two men, two women, a man and a woman, married or married who are partnership. That is the world definition today. But because we are looking at this from perspective of the Bible, so we are looking at family as a man, a woman, married, 
whether single or, I mean, after marriage, maybe something happened and they have to be single and they are raising their children up. But we are looking at it from the perspective of the Bible. Man, woman with children or woman, I mean, after marriage, anyway, we know that. And we are looking at single mother, maybe single father who are bringing up their children in the image of God. So we are looking at types of family. And the first type of family is what is called negative family. Negative family. So negative, full family style of parenting because parenting is very, very important. That's the first one. So in this family, in this kind of family, parents, they shower their children with loads of love. I mean, love, and I'm talking about agape love. But they don't give these children any guidance. They just, oh, I love you. Therefore, you can do whatever you want to do. They don't have any boundary for these children. They just neglected them. So I call this type of family a family where they tell the child, you are the king in this house. So because you are the king in this house, just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. We don't mind. In such a family, the child is like the role had exchanged. The child now becomes the parent. It becomes the commander in the house. It, it becomes someone that will tell the mom, mom, I'm going to eat this today and I need it now. Dad, I need this today and I need it real now. And the mother, the father, or anyone that is parenting this child, they will be running at a skater to make sure they, sati- I mean, they, 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 they satisfy the wish of this child. In this kind of parenting, children are always allowed to take up responsibility they should not be taking. In this kind of family, parents do not take up their, be- I mean, their duties as such, providing food, shelter, and clothing for their children. Go ahead and do it. Just make sure you are okay. In this kind of family, communication is lacking because the role had already changed. In this kind of family, there is no emotional attachment between the parents and the child. And in this kind of family, agape loss. Real attention is missing. Now, if you look at these characteristics of a family, you will see there are some things good there. For example, that child will be very independent. The child can do whatever the child wants to do. Nobody will question the child. But there's a problem with this kind of family. And problem number one from such kind of family is that Children in such family, they find it difficult when they grow up to have emotional relationship or attachment with anyone. They find it difficult to have emotional attachment or lasting relationship. Children from this family, they will grow up with deep emotional wounds. How come that my parents allow me to do anything I want to do without 
maybe asking me, why are you doing this? Why are they not able to provide for my needs when I need it? And these children from such a family, they will tend up to grow up with little or no relationship with their parents. And this is the kind of children you see when they go to university, they will tell you, bye-bye, mommy and daddy. I'm not coming back until I'm 18. And by the time they are 18, they know they are adults. They can do anything. The parents cannot say anything to them because there's no relationship. These are the kind of family or the children growing up in this family that they will go abroad and they will not even care to call their parents. Today is Mother's Day. What kind of a child are you? If you call your parents, those of you that have parents, to say, Mommy, happy Mother's Day. And to us that are adults, do we have children who do not even care whether we celebrate whatever we celebrate? What kind of family, what kind of children are we bringing up? Hallelujah. Now, this particular kind of family, I'm not putting all the blames on the parents because some parents, it's not that willingly they want to neglect their children. It's going to be because of the environment where they are. Particularly, most of us that were from ethnic minority group, I mean, from background, when we come to this country, you want to do three, four jobs together. I mean, you, you are pan-stally. By the time I exchange it, maybe to Ghana, to Kenya, to Nigeria, to wherever, it's a big money. So mommy will work from morning to night, from one job to the another one, to the another one. Three jobs. You don't have time to see your children. The same thing with the father. And all they will be saying is, we are doing it for you. We are doing it for you. God will help us in Jesus' name. The second type of family or the second type of parenting is what we call permissive style of parenting. Permissive style of parenting. In this type of family, the mother, the father, or whoever represents the adult in that family, they see their children as their friends, as their body. And because of that, they don't discipline the child. Those of you that are bakers, you know, if you are baking a cake and you turn the oven on one side and the cake continues to burn, I mean, to cook, it will get a certain time that where you set the oven, the cake will be burning. And if you bring it out and you turn it, you are going to see one side very black and another side raw, as if raw flour. That is the type of the children that will come out of a family like this because the mother is just showering love, father showering love, everybody love, and they are using love to buy what they're supposed to do. They are using gifts. God will help us. When your children need your attention, when my children need my attention, what did I give them? iPad. What did I give them? iPhone. In such a family, father, as soon as he comes from work, is just going to the television and continue to watch his whatever program that he likes. The mother also, maybe we be on the phone or whatever the mother is doing and the children are there. 
doing whatever they want to do. And when the child says, oh, mommy, I'm hungry, or daddy, I'm hungry, the next thing, go to the fridge, I have bought you ice cream. I have bought you McDonald's. I have bought you this and this and this. Showering them with gifts in the name of love. Brethren, that is not love. Love, I'm going to talk about that later, what love really means. So, in this kind of family, the problem with this kind of family, okay, we can see some good things anyway in that family. The children will feel loved. Oh, mommy loved me. I'm a best friend to mommy. You're not a friend to your mommy. Neither are you a friend to your daddy. They are not supposed to be your friend. They're supposed to be your parents if you have any. Sometimes I say that to my children. When they do something and I tell them off, when they were growing up, you know, like this, our small children. I'm not going to be your friend again. I will not, and I will tell them, I'm not your friend before. I'm your mom. My responsibility is not to keep on showering you with love. I have to do the other part as well. So this particular time, I'm not your friend. I am your mommy. So when you do well, I am your friend. Okay? So that is the second type of family. The third type of family is authoritarian family, authoritarian family, authoritarian family. In this type of family, both parents or one of the parents have like a higher hand. Sit down there. You must not talk. Adults are talking. Keep short. Children never talk when adults are talking. Am I communicating to someone? When you are growing up in the village or in the city, especially those of us from Africa, that was the way we were brought up. But things have changed. Time had moved. So to this kind of family, although the children, they will respect the parents. Anytime dad say, shh, they will shoo. Anytime mom say, shh, they will shoo. And they will continue to shoo and shoo and shoo. Even when they become adults and they are in the midst of their friends and decisions are being make, made, they will not be able to speak. Why? Because every time they want to speak at home, the parent says, don't talk. And because they have learned not to talk, they will never become independent. They will never be able to make decisions. They will never be able to argue their cases out. Those are the problems with this kind of family. Yes, we see good things there. They are very humble. Yes, we see good things there. They are very respectful. But when it comes to standing up to what is their right, they are not to be found because the way their parents brought them up is keep quiet when adults are talking. Keep quiet when nobody asks you. Every time somebody is talking to you, you look down. You know, that was the way we were brought up. And when I came to this country and I was discussing with somebody and the teacher was complaining, why is it that? Because I was teaching there. I said, I'm still teaching now, but I was teaching secondary school there. And they were saying, why is it that our child, your children, black ethnic minority group children, when we talk to them, they look down. 
to the English people is an insult. It means they are not listening. But to us, it's a sign of respect. I had to educate those people. I said, this is culture. The culture says, just and listen until you want to make your decision. But this is a country where you look face to face to whoever is speaking to you. That is when they will know that you are really listening. But such children will not be able to do that. In such a family, the children will grow up to have very low self-esteem and very low self-control. They will always be feeling inferior because they have not been expected or they've not been given the opportunity to handle any challenge in their life. The parents always cover up because the parents wanted to do everything for them. Parents, how are you bringing your children up? When you tell that child, go and wash the dish. And the child say, no, mommy, I'm not going to do it. What do you do? Today is Mother's Day. Mothers, do you go there and quickly go and wash it? When you tell them, wash the bedroom, and they're lagging behind, do you go there quickly? Oh, I don't want my room to be dirty. And you, you clean it up. It's a message we are giving to them. It's a message. If you don't give them responsibility when they are very young, they will not be able to handle bigger responsibility in their life as they grow up. Hallelujah. So the situation in this family, parents in such a family, I'm talking about authoritarian family now, they are using love to cover up for their fear of parenting their children. So the, sorry, the, the such, such a family, I think I missed that one with the second one, the, the results, Okay, the first one is what I'm talking about now, authoritative family, authoritative family, authoritative family, authoritative family. In this kind of family, the parents, they will provide the best combination of love and discipline, which is called tough love. When you love your child, you discipline your child. And what do I mean by discipline? We'll quickly talk about that soon. Discipline doesn't mean you have to smack your child. No. Discipline doesn't mean you have to raise your voice before your child will obey you. By the way, by the time it gets to you raising your voice before your child obeys you, that's a problem. You are now raising rebellion children. Normally, Parents, you carry authority. The father carried authority. The mother carried authority. When you say do this without raising your voice, they should be able to do it. But as soon as it gets to you shouting before they obey you, please watch it. Something is coming. Hallelujah. In this family, authoritative family now, parents are authoritative, but they are not overbearing they balance the two. Parents in such a family, they are compassionate, but they are very firm. So example I gave the other time, if for example, I say, please, can you go and wash the plate for me? Because in this country, you have to say please and thank you. It's what you need to know as African, 
parents. Thank you. And please, it's very key. Please, can you go and watch that, please? And the child is still on the phone. Um, whatever name, Jane, I just asked you to wash the plates. Can you go now and wash it? And you say, oh, mommy, I'm going to do it. Jane, I'm not going to repeat myself. Go and wash that plate. Jane must be able to stand up and go and wash the plates. Don't quickly go there to wash the plate for Jane. Let Jane do her duty. Okay, in this such a family or in such a family, Parents sent boundary for their children, but they are very loving in, said, I mean, in having the boundary for them. They tolerate mistakes. Some parents could not tolerate mistakes, but this kind of family, they tolerate mistakes because they know that children learn from their mistakes. So if they make mistakes today, they learn from that. When I was interviewing uh, some youths, because part of my PhD research allowed me to interview church children, teenagers, on how their parents are dealing with them. One particular child, a pastor's child, told me, Miss, I'm just counting time when I will go to university. As soon as I go to university, I will never come back to this household. And I was very shocked. Because I know the parent, they are very good pastors. Everyone looks up to them, but your children know you better than any other person. And I was like, hey, why did you say that? Because it's part of my interrogation. And the child said, our mom, she's even fair, but our dad, that didn't say, why are you doing it? What, what, what do you want to gain from that? Is that godly? Is that biblical? Why will you go out with your friend? Why will your friend come to you? And the person said, but I told them that my friends, they want to come to the house. Our parents say, you cannot bring any friend that I don't know their parents to this house. And we want to go out just to have fun. And our parents say, you can never go out to have fun. And the child is saying, I'm just waiting. There was another child that I interviewed. And I said, who is God to you? Because I want to know about their spirituality and religion. And that child said, God is like my father. And I said, who is your father? And he said, my father is someone that we set a boundary. We say, do this thing and do it now. And if you don't do it the exact time that he wants you to do it, he will discipline you. And I said, okay. So tell me about God now. How do you see God? And he said, I see God as a tax master. Tax master. Someone that will tell you, you must not sin. Don't commit adultery. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And if you mistakenly offend God, the next thing that God will do is to punish you. So such child did not see God from the aspect of love, but the aspect of discipline. So in this family that I'm saying, the third one is the family that we balance the two and the child will see God as a loving God at the same time as a consuming fire. Thereby, they will not play contempts. The story of Eli, um, Eli that we read, we know what happened. Eli was more of a neglectful family. 
who did not train his children and was concentrating on the ministry, 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 ministry. I don't know the ministry God has given to you, individual of us, whether in the church or outside the church. But can I say to you and to myself, if we, if we fail at home, we fail everywhere. Another it says, charity begins at home. Whatever we are going to tell other people's children outside, people should see it in the life of our children. Hallelujah. Uh, the other aspect I'm going to talk about before we pray is what the Bible says about uh, discipline within the home. What the Bible says about discipline within the home. What the Bible says. Okay, before I go to that, I want to talk about some good thing about that number four type of family. So such the children from such family, they have high esteem and they are equipped with good coping skills. They can stand up. They can defend themselves. They can show compassion. They can show their parents they really love them. The love they have is genuine. This kind of family, the children, they will be respectful. At the same time, they are going to be very firm. Children from this family, they contribute to family discussion. So the parent and father, or the father and the mother, they are not the only one making decisions within the home. They allow the children to be part of the discussion. Communication within such family is open communication. Hallelujah. So what the Bible says about discipline within the home? Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews 12. 4 to 11. I will just mention it and we will conclude. Hebrews 12, 4 to 11, please. Hebrews 12, 4 to 11. The Bible says, after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, so God spoke to you as his children, so family of God now. He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever had Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who discipline us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the, of the father of our spirit and live forever? Verse 10, for our heavenly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable. So whether from God or from your parents and children, I want you to listen. No discipline is enjoyable why it is happening is painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful affest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Hallelujah. 
So I have this as necessity of discipline. Number one, to deter destruction. It's an expression of love. Number two, discipline must be in action and words. If you tell the child, I'm going to take that counsel from you, please follow it with an action and make it consistent. If you don't make it consistent, they will just think you are playing. If you remember the, the, the life of Lot, when God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says Lot went to his in-laws to tell them God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But the Bible says something. It said, but they thought it was joking. Your children will think you are joking. Hallelujah. The third thing, the motive of discipline must be love. The goal of discipline must be to teach obedience. And if you are able to do that from verse 11 and verse 10, it says there will be peace of mind, both in the short and the long time. In the family, the parents will be at peace. In the life of the children we are training, they will be at peace. In conclusion, today is Mother's Day. Mother, who are we? Are we someone, when the father is trying to discipline the child, you tell the child, don't mind your dad. That's how he does. How do you think such child will listen? When the father is disciplined and the mother is saying, come, 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 come. Such a child will not turn out well. Or in a family, mothers, because this is Mother's Day. Are you someone that will not allow your husband to even have a say in the family? Every time your husband wants to talk, eh, 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 ah, nine months, eh, eh, eh. I carry that, I know what I suffer. Nine months, you don't allow them to discipline the child, or you are the one that always shout, go and do it now, and the father will say, Gently, gently. What are you saying? That's how you are going to spoil them for me. I know what I suffer when I was carrying them. That's not a good discipline. And I'm talking to everyone, including myself today. In our houses, who are we? Or do we just leave our children just to do whatever they are doing? I'm tired. I just come from work. I can't do anything. Remember, whatever we sow, it's what we are going to reap. It's a principle. Principle of harvest and principle of sowing. So if we sow destruction into the life of these children, one day, that's what we come to us. And if we sow love, if we sow discipline to them, that's what we come back to us. They will respect us. They will love us. They will love both of us. It's not going to be in this situation because it's mommy, mommy, mommy. So they will continue to celebrate mommy as we are celebrating Mother's Day today. Hallelujah. I'm a mother. I'm happy to be celebrated as mother. But when last did we celebrate our Father's Day? When last did we even remember that our fathers even exist? Those of you that are here, even though today is not Father's Day, do you remember your father to call even once, maybe a month, 
Meanwhile, you call your mom maybe three, three, I mean, three, maybe three times a week. Whatever your father has done for you, even if they offend you, learn to forgive. Whatever your mother had done for you, even if they offended you in the past, learn to forgive. We are mothers, we are potential mothers. Even the young ones, one day, by the grace of God, if Jesus tarries, you will become mothers, you will become fathers. When it's your own turn, whatever you sow is what you are going to reap. I know some parents have tried, and they say, but I have tried all I could, but these children are not turning out the way I want. Don't be despair, because God is in the business of restoring your family. You are going to break through in that aspect this year in the name of Jesus. I want us to close our eyes and just pray. And we are going to pray. We've prayed for some group of women initially, but this time around, we are not just praying for women, we are praying also for the fathers. The first prayer point I want us to pray is, Father, help me. Help me, Lord, I will not be guilty over the way I raise my children in the name of Jesus. Please turn it to prayer and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you this afternoon. Help me not to be guilty because we are not the owners of these children. We are only custodians. They are children of God from what we read from the book of Hebrews. If we don't bring them up the way we should, I pray our life will not be like the life of Eli. The second prayer point, I want us to pray for the families who might be struggling, who might be saying, God, but I have done whatever I need to do. And these children are not turning out the way they should. Please help me. I want us to pray for them this afternoon. and say, Father, help these people. As they open their mouth and they pray, Lord, help them in the name of Jesus. And finally, I want us to pray for those who wish to be mothers, but they cannot have their children or they don't have the partner, I mean, the husband or the wife that will make them fulfill in that aspect. I'm talking about biologically now. I want you to pray for them once more because we've prayed for them the other time. I say, God, let there be breakthrough this year for these people in the name of Jesus. Father, let there be breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Everlasting Father, we thank you, we worship you. If there's any one of you that you know you want to tell God this afternoon, this is Mother's Day. We have decreed in the, in the beginning and we are using the spirit of motherhood. If you know that you have discovered that, oh God, I'm not doing it the right way, God help me. I just want you to stand up and tell God, you are not standing up because of Rachel. You are not standing up because of anyone. I want you to stand up and say, God, I need your help this afternoon. Father, I need your help. I want to bring my children up the way of the Lord, but I am struggling. Lord, help me in the name of Jesus. And I'm saying it again. If you think you are struggling in the way you are bringing your children up, and you need special prayer. I want you to tell God, raise, I mean, stand up and tell God, Father, I need your help.
And together we will join you and we will pray with you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we worship you because of your children. We thank you because of what you are doing in their lives. Thank you, Lord, because of the parents and potential parents this afternoon. Father, help us, Lord, not to be guilty over our children. Biological children, spiritual children, Lord, help us not to be guilty in the name of Jesus. Teach us what to do part-time in Jesus' name, and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we prayed.